Welcome to Smut Lovers, the podcast. The one place designed to talk about all things smut. For years, the word has carried negativity, but it's time to take back and own it. In each episode, you will spend time with spicy romance author Nikki Rome as she interviews readers, authors, and kinksters about all things romance. Do you have a book you love, but you've been too afraid to talk about it? Leave all that worry at the door and join us as we dig into what we love and what we hate about smutty books. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Smut Lovers, the podcast, where you've got me, Nikki Rome, a spicy romance author, and my guest this week, Becca Jameson. Thanks so much for joining, Becca. How are you doing this morning? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Damn, good, good. Um, you are always welcome to be here. I love it. Anytime we've got somebody new who's willing to talk about smut for a little while. <laughs> That's what, what else is there to talk about. That's it, really, right? It's here, especially as well lovers, we're talking all things smut. Um, so let me tell you guys a little bit about Becca before we go ahead and get started. So Becca Jameson is a USA Today best-selling author with over 100 books. She's been doing this a while, folks. <laughs> She's most well-known for her Wolf Master series, her Fight Club series, and her Club Zodiac series. Uh, currently lives in Houston, Texas with her husband and golden doodle. Uh, two grown kids pop in every once in a while. <laughs> She's loving this journey and has dabbled in a variety of genres, including paranormal, sports, romance, military, and BDSM. Uh, Total Night Owl, Becca writes at night, late at night. I get that. I am the same. Uh, Sequestering yourself in her office with a glass of red wine and a bar of dark chocolate. Uh, Her fingers fly across the keyboard as her characters weave their own stories. So during the day, which is never starts before 10 in the morning, she can be found jogging, running errands, uh, or reading in her favorite hammock chair. So let me apologize for having you here before 10 o'clock in the morning, your time. (laughs) (laughs) I think Becca deserves a round of applause for gathering herself and being ready for this morning. Because I think a couple times in email, you were like, in the morning, in the morning, right? Yeah, yes, in the morning. morning. How early did you mean? (laughs) I know, I know. I'm trying to squeeze everyone in. It's tough. So I definitely appreciate you being here. Um, But I get a thousand percent to being the night owl when it comes to writing. Were you always a night owl or is it just particular to writing? Because I typically cannot stay awake unless I'm writing. But when I'm writing, I can't fall asleep. That's true. No, I always was a night owl and I don't sleep very much. So it kind of makes me a night owl by default. (laughs) <laughs> I only sleep four or five hours, so if wow. that's from like two to seven, but I don't like to get up in the morning, so I just stay there with my, you know, handy phone and read for a while or answer emails or whatever. And all the things. Yeah, yeah. no, I um, I do like to sleep, so being up late at night does not work out well for me, because then I'm like... <laughs> miserable the next day. Um, so what do you find keeps you up more at night? Is it writing or reading? Writing, writing is stimulating because, yeah. and I usually do most of my writing late at, late at night when yeah. other people stop talking to me. Isn't that how that works though? Mm-hmm. I went full time in April and I was like, oh, this is going to be great. I'm going to write all day. Things will be perfect. Girl, I can't get like 500 words right. on a piece of paper during the day. Not during the day. Too many like things happen. Too many people need you, other authors and other, and the editor and everybody needs you and all the kids and the spouses. And yeah, it's just so many distractions, too many distractions. 
So let's jump in and start talking a little bit about the fun, smutty stuff. So let's, when did you start reading like your truly smutty romance? What was kind of your journey into falling in love with this genre? Well, it's kind of interesting. I was 40 when I read my first romance novel. Wow. Yes. We don't um, have to, I mean, I've got people who've been sneaking around porn. I'm sorry. I had erotica me. in high school. <laughs> <laughs> you just picked it up later in life. No, I think the I think the raciest thing I had read was like, "Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret," or something. Oh wow! <laughs> Elementary okay. school, and I thought, "Oh my gosh!" Now when I reread it, I think, "What?" <laughs> what <was that? laughs> but um, no, my sister is an author, and she wrote a book, and she sold it to Sam Hine. This was like. Well, it was 13, 14 years ago. And and then she called me. She's like, I wrote a book. I'm like, what are you talking about? I, what? I didn't even know she wrote. She didn't tell anyone until she sold it. So then uh, she sent it to me. And I closed the bedroom door and I'm like, oh, you can, you can write. You can do this. You can do this. Shocked, shocked, stunned. But what I determined was that I was really good at editing. And I could see uh, the mistakes. And I do have a literature degree, so that wasn't too far-fetched. It's Spanish, but it's still literature. So yeah. I, um, I, she was like, oh, read for me. So she started feeding it to me by the chapters, her next book and her next book and her next book. And I was editing and, um, you know, early editing before she ever sent it to the editor. So then I thought, well, I'll become an editor. So I started climbing the, you know, the editor path. But um, about three, three years maybe or so, and I sat back and thought, hmm. No, I can do this myself. Wow. So I, sw- I switched over. So that was about 12 years ago, 11 or 12 years ago that I switched to writing and pretty quickly gave up editing because I was successful. So it was about the same time yeah. as Fifty Shades of Grey. So okay. the first big success was Kara's Wolves, which was a few months after Fifty Shades of Grey. And, mm-hmm. you know, and those were smutty, smutty books. So. Yeah, that's kind of how I transitioned. But it was all it was all because of my sister. I probably wouldn't even know. And I probably would still not have even read a romance novel. And now I read the selfiest stuff. And I write it. It's so (laughs) filthy and it's so fun. (laughs) No, I love all the filthy stuff. (laughs) So did your sister always read romance and just never shared it with you? Or I mean, yeah, I think she was an avid reader. And yeah. um, and then her first book was so good. I've read it so many times that I just Anne Marie McKenna okay, well, is her. Well, what is it, Anne Marie McKenna? Yeah, and she hasn't written anything in a while, but she had quite. A, she had about fourteen, maybe fourteen, fifteen books back back then. What would you? What's the name of that first one? Blackmailed. Blackmailed. Yeah, love, love that. It. Love that. Still, we'll I pick it up and I'm gonna read that again. <laughs> that was really so much fun. That is so cool. I think, you know, one thing that we talk about a lot in the Smut Lovers community, especially here on the podcast, is kind of that fear of letting people know what you read and what you write and, like, keeping it from others and so forth. And that that kind of shameful feeling that comes along with romance and has for so long. And and so, you know, I'm curious if, you know, a lot of the reason why she might have hit it, was it because she just didn't want other people to know? And how did you feel about it when you found out or when you started reading it? Are you someone who has always been open to what you read and write since since you stumbled upon them? Okay, relatively open, relatively open, yes. But um, 
I mean, generally, if somebody says to me, oh, what do you do? Oh, I'm an author. Oh, what do you write? Yeah. Romance novels. Oh, what is your pen name? <clears throat> so did you, <laughs> did you read Fifty Shades of Grey? No, no. Well, then you don't need my pen name. <laughs> yeah, I read it. Did, did you like it? No. Then you don't need my pen name. <laughs> did you like it? Oh, I loved that book. Okay. I'm Becca Jameson. Yes. Nice <laughs> so, to meet you. I'm Becky Jameson. You're welcome to have it. But I mean, generally, friends or family or whatever, I mean, a lot of them, they don't even know because they don't care. Mm, and they, yeah. and they're, I'm sure they're thinking, I don't even know what you, I don't even want to know what you do. So did you, mm -hmm. do I know the last time I talked to you working on a book, did you, did you ever, have you published it? Have I published yeah. a book? <laughs> Cute. Uh -huh. About a question to you. <laughs> this is what I do um, full time. But I think people so choose funny. to just not, they don't want to think about it. So they just choose not to, I guess. Well, I think there's a lot of truth in that. I mean, I, I, I mean, just, Personally, I never admitted to a lot of people that I wrote romance, which I think is a lot of my passion that comes to small lovers is like, why did I, why was I always so embarrassed or so worried over it? And then when I wrote it very much like your sister, I wrote and published books and didn't tell anyone. Like the first two people I told was my mother and sister. And I had already had three books published and they were like, oh, you write children's books. And I was like, no, no, not even a little bit. It's funny how people, um, but it's must write that's a lot about me that that's, Exactly. That was immediately where they went yeah. um, with it all. And really just over the last year, maybe year and a half, I've, I've really gotten to the point where people are like, oh, what do you do? And I'm just like, I write smut. Right. And then they either get really quiet um, or they go, oh my God, I love that. And then I'm like, okay, here, here's my, let me show you all my things. But I love the, I love the questions, you know, did you, did you read Fifty Shades? Did right. you like Fifty Shades? Yes. Um, because that book did a lot yeah. with our industry. It did. And that's kind of, to me, it's the thing that most people would have possibly read. At least mm -hmm. that, I mean, at least they picked it up. If right. you read it and you enjoyed it, then you then you're going to fit up my alley because I'm really yeah. filthy, filthier than that. So if that's not you, then you're not going to enjoy my work. If you didn't even read it, you weren't even curious about that. What would you want one of mine for? Right. You exactly. Don't but I don't, I'm, well, pretty, I mean, I'm pretty unapologetic with regular people. If they say, you mm -hmm. know, what do you do? I write, I write um, erotic romance. I mean, I'll just flat out tell them I write erotic romance, right. but I find that it, I feel like within the author community, there's more of a hierarchy that is nerve wracking than regular yeah. society. I don't know why, but there's where most of my like angst comes from is just the hierarchy within the author community of what level yeah. of smut you write. That is true. That is true. Now, do you feel, and I'm curious because I know my feelings on it. Do you feel like the less smuttier or the more smuttier seems to be higher up on that hierarchy or does it depend on your crowd you're with? Well, it does depend on your crowd, but you know, if you're just at a regular convention with just authors in general, I feel yes. this, this, this tension of this hierarchy of how filthy yeah. is your book and then you're lower down. But I always feel like mm, they're talking and I'm thinking, okay, well, I'll be at the bank. Do go on. Right. Exactly. <laughs> because our readers love it. <laughs> right. I love writing it and people love reading it, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> but I think that's more, I think there's more stress from that than just regular people. Cause regular people, why, why would I care what my neighbor thinks? Yeah, no, um, that's true. I absolutely get it. Because I think a lot of times we look at these other authors as kind of like 
coworkers in the same yes. realm. They are. And it's, right. And even, I mean, even there's, I mean, there's always the, there's the differences between the genres, but then like there's, you know, I mean, just recently on TikTok, there was the whole like woman who came forward about like true literature compared to like this month that we read. Right, right. I mean, it's hilarious. Like you're going to come out here on Book Talk and start criticizing women who are literally all over this stuff. Then it's really, you're just asking for an argument, which she got. Um, but I don't think that there's, you know, I think it's tricky because you're right. I mean, even once you start owning it in your real life and being mm-hmm. like, this is, right. this is a big part of who I am and what I love and enjoy, you still run into that criticism in the industry mm-hmm. itself, which, which is tricky. You know, I mean, it's a hard way to balance it. I, um, but I, I, I hear you, I feel you because I was, I was in an event last year where I was probably the smuttiest of the authors mm-hmm. but on a panel with authors that were not smut writers. It was like, well, different genres then. Um, although we seem to gain the most enjoyment out of the crowd and everyone was talking about it for days. Yeah. I just feel like you sit there. I mean, and it's like I, either you got to go all in or you're going to have to just kind of sit there and on the sidelines. And so I go all in. Yeah. I usually do. Really I'm exciting conversations about what you could do with icicles. Exactly. <laughs> like, why not? And I'll stop and explain if somebody says, but I have been, you know, definitely shamed in public and go go on just just do go on (laughs) go on with yourself and i I, like you were saying about it's like an office building but we're in the mail room and i know you want your mail Right, I'll be bringing it up to you in a, in a few minutes because it's pretty invaluable. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. You can go ahead and read me in your closet. I am fine with that. Like, I, you know, I had a similar conversation with an MM author at a conference last year, and she was like, "I, you know, it's just constant, constant." She goes, but "You know what? This has been paying my mortgage for years." Right. And so there's a newer author who had kind of come after her about the mud in her books and so on and so forth and she's like complain away I, you wow. know this is this right. is this is a and there's a reason why the romance genre is the number one grossing genre that is out there year after year right. after right. year i mean there is a desire for it our readers love it we are the readers that love it mm-hmm. i mean i consume a massive amount of books on a yearly basis probably way definitely way less than when i before i wrote but um i mean i always like i there's so many readers that follow me and I follow them and I am shocked at their end of year numbers. And like, we're coming up on the end of year right now. Now, of course this will, this will air much later into 2023. But I mean, how do you feel when you have your readers come forward and they're like, you know, I went through this many Becca James books this year, or, you know, those diehard readers that just consume everything once they find you. Cause you've got a ton of books out now. Oh, it's shocking. It really is. I, I just got an order for um, Rare, we're up in Melbourne next year, for 65 books. 65 books. What? I, why? Like, how are you going to get them there and how are they going to get them home is what I start to wonder. <laughs> well, it's, it's there. It's, so I'm sure it's someone local. It's probably a okay. local who lives in Melbourne that's coming. You know, for nothing, I went to Shameless and I, I mean, just getting them to my car and yes. into my house was no. a problem. And that's just no. you. And it's, I mean, that's it's amazing. humbling. It's humbling. But, it, it, you know, and I thought, well, it's possible because some people don't like e-readers. Yes. So if you've read yeah. one and it's really hard to get a hold of them in, in Australia. So, right. I mean, it's, I sort of understand where, you know, they have a hard time getting books. They're not readily available. And yeah. 
And if you're not an e-reader person, then you may want, and I find that it's fascinating because at my last conference, um, I had two pretty large orders. The first lady that came by um, to pick them up and I was giving them to her and I said, so um, it occurred to me, are you going to read these books or have you already read them? And she said, no, I haven't read those yet. Um, I'll get them on ebook. And that's what occurred to me. And I said, oh, well, if you are buying physical books from me, I will send you download codes for the ebooks. I just, you know, well, you already bought them. If you don't want to break right. the spines, right? So the next lady, yeah. I said the same thing. I was like, are you going to read these or do you not want the spot? Do you want them nice on your shelf? Because I'll be happy to right. send you the, the ebooks. And she goes, no, no, I will love them, bend them, break them, fold them over and over again. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Two different schools. Isn't it funny how people read? I mean, it really is just two very different types of readers. Right. That's and that awesome. Is, I mean, what a great cool. idea to send them the copy, the download copies. That's an amazing opportunity to reader. popped into my head. This was just at this recent conference I was at. And I thought, uh, she just paid a lot of money. A lot of money. <laughs> for, these, for this pile of books. Uh, it's no skin off me at all to... Yeah. to send her the download codes for the same books, so, you know, yeah. especially when she said, oh, I'm going to get them on Kindle. Right. You're going to repurchase them all? Because that doesn't seem fair. <laughs> I'll send them to you. <laughs> <laughs> I usually do the opposite, or I've read them on KU, or I've read them on yes. Kindle, and then I'm like, oh, but I want it for my bookshelf, too. And That's so right. then I go back around and buy them, because I'm like, right. I just want it pretty yeah and my, um, my husband recently like a year or two ago started traveling with me and he's he, after a couple of conferences he's like I don't understand I'm not following what's going on I said oh there's two <laughs> kinds there's two kinds of people that are purchasing the book the primary kind is someone who has stopped by because they say I've read this book 55 times and I right. want a signed copy that I'm not going to open it's my favorite yeah they're yeah. not opening it. He goes, oh, they've already read. Why would you buy a book you've already read? Because <laughs> you want the signed copy of the paperback. Right. <laughs> comes by that says, never heard of you. What should I start with? What should I try? Yes. So, yes. you know, but a lot, I feel a good percentage of the books that I sell that are hard, they're not opening those books. Yeah. They, they already read yeah. it. It's in their Kindle. They already read it. <clears throat> So how do you answer that question with the where do I, I mean, I know how you answered it for me when I walked up to your table and I was like, okay, well, one of your books, where do I start? <clears throat> but you already knew what I like and what I like to read. So you were like, you're going to start here. So how do you, <laughs> well, I don't know the person. I love. <laughs> if you don't know them, how do you typically handle that? Cause you've got, I mean, like we said, over a hundred books, but yeah. you've got quite a few Lots different series and like different subgenres yes. and like. I get bored and I switch my genre and I've been fortunate enough that my readers have followed me. And I, I yeah. think uh, in general, um, I think that my stories are all pretty similar because I'm really character driven. So it doesn't mm -hmm. really matter whether they happen to stop to play a baseball game or they shift and become a wolf or they're at a fight or they're at a club <laughs> because I care more about the character dri driven part. So I, yeah. I, I think that my voice is behind them all. And I, I feel that I have a lot of followers who don't care what genre I'm writing in because of that. Mm -hmm. But if you're new and you walk up to me, I usually have them kind of organized and I'll start over here and say, well, I have quite a few military books and I have quite a few shifter books and I build on it till I get over here. And these are mine that are BDSM, closer to 50 shade. And then you've got the daddy little hanging on the end. Yeah. 
<laughs> but but they're so popular and you can see on their face as the progression is going you know well first right off do, do you read sweet romance or do you like your romance erotic oh i, right. I usually read sweet romance well i don't have any <laughs> exactly i don't have any historical i don't have any western i don't have any sci-fi but if you want anything else, you want paranormal. I, I got you covered. I've got reverse harem. I've got paranormal. I've got military. Because I like to switch around. It, it's more yeah. interesting to me. And I usually write in three things. So I write one, and then I edit, and then I switch switch genres, write another a different genre, and then I edit that previous book and move on to the next one. They're all they're all kind of rotating through it at the same time. How do you keep them straight in your brain? Well, that sounds because I have to write straight through. When I when I start a book, like I started a book yesterday, I will write the whole thing through in twelve days. Twelve days. It's got to gotcha. be because otherwise I would completely lose the storyline. I, I would not start a book sense. if I didn't have the the time chunk available to write the whole thing. To do the whole thing, yes, okay. that makes exactly. sense. I'm like, oh my gosh, I could never jump in and out. I can barely jump in no. and out of books when I'm reading them. No, like, no, like, not while I'm writing. <laughs> no, when I finish this one, writing it, I will set it aside. It will simmer, and then I will go to an edit for a previous one. Gotcha. So what was your first series? Where did you start? Which subgenre did you start in? Um, I had a couple of lone books that were just like experimental before I wrote, started the Wolfmasters and Kara's mm -hmm. Wolves was the first book in the Wolfmasters. That was my first big hit. And that whole Thanks. series ended up being, well, in the end, about 16 books. There were originally five Wolfmasters. There were five brothers. They're all um, MFM. And I didn't know in those days, I knew nothing about BDSM, probably never heard of it. But I, if I went back to read my books, I'm certain that I would realize that, and which is why I came up with where alphas dominate. Alphas dominate, that can be paranormal, that can be anything. Yes. Always I have dominant male characters. And I'm sure there's BDSM elements that I just didn't know. I mean, it didn't. Recognize that's what it was. Right, I wouldn't have labeled it, but probably there is, I'm certain there's dominance in every single book. And yeah. um, that whole series was um, MFM. And it was so popular that I wrote five more. So it ended up being 10. And then the spinoff, which was Arcadian Bears, which was six more. So that was really yeah. my first. And then the Fight Club was my second big series, Fight Club, which was um, MMA, Mixed Martial Arts. So I don't think it had a different tone. I think. Yeah it doesn't matter that they were fighting as instead of shifting. Well, it's still your voice, you know, and I think the characters recognize that when you start reading the stories. Um, and, you know, within the romance genre, I mean, readers have a tendency to jump around a lot. Like, I, you know, one of the things that uh, I do too, and I never really understand the advice that's constantly given to authors where it's like, find your niche and stay there. And, you right. know, stay, you know yeah. because it doesn't always seem to work that way. I mean, you can burn out really quickly or your books are just not holding the same interest of your readers as they used to. I think you've done a great job proving that they'll follow you. You know. Yeah, I mean, um, I've been lucky, maybe, because I, yeah. I know other people say they can't do that, and they split, and they give different pen names or whatever, but I've been lucky, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Established really following, readers. and people, I think they're willing to say, it's Becca Jameson. I, I rode with her through the paranormal and the fight club. <laughs> Why not try this? Why not try yes. this, this BDSM? Why not try this? you know, other kind of club romance or whatever. 
And so how did you make the shift? Now, you said you probably didn't even know about or hear about BDSM or anything when you had wrote those original books. So where did that kind of come about and where did you gain your information? Because, I mean, obviously a lot of what's coming from the Smile Lovers Conference was how hard it is to find the yeah. correct information out there. And you wrote some of those books a while ago. So did you find yeah. different people or resources you know, that it kind of helped you along the way? Or was how did that all work? Well, originally, um, when I wrote the first one, which first BDSM was in my emergence series, uh, mm -hmm. Bound to be Taken, Tempted, Tested, Bound to be Taken was the first one. And it was just in my head. Honestly, I know I it was it was years ago that was with Sam Hain, but <clears throat> I now having just recently started the the Daddy Little series, I realized my process is really in me. I didn't read any. I had no mm -hmm. research. I just had the for some reason I could tap into it, and I started writing yeah. it. And it was with Sam Hain and my editor at the time. I was feeding her the chapters, and at some point I said, "Oh, I think I better stop and do a little research." And she said, "Nope." I would not ordinarily suggest this, but don't do it. It's pure. It's fine. You don't have, you're not wrong. You haven't done anything yeah. wrong. You've come up with really creative, unusual things that someone has wouldn't have thought of maybe if you, you know, right. I waited until I had written, I don't know, two or three of them before I started, got into fat life and actually mm -hmm. went to a BDSM conference and I've been to several mm -hmm. and now I've been to several clubs and I'm much more in tune, I understand better, but I still think yeah. that I try to, um, I, I don't, I don't have enough. I'm not really in the lifestyle. So it's really all creative, whatever I'm feeling. I, and I don't, yeah. and, and transferring that to the daddy little, how am I able to tap that? I don't know, but I do. And it's like, I can get in Raising Lucy was the first one. I just slide into her head and I couldn't get rid of her. And mm. I just become her while I'm writing those books. And I just love it. It's like a fantasy yeah. world or something. But it doesn't necessarily look like anyone else's because I hadn't read any. Right. I didn't even yeah. really know that. I actually didn't know anything about the genre. So I didn't even know the terminology. So I hadn't used the word daddy because I didn't even know that that's what she would call him. Yeah. So as it me? developed and I realized, oh, this is a genre. Other people are, <laughs> are writing this. It was really just something that I was, which just goes to show that we all have similar thoughts. I mean, lots of people have similar um, like your running background noise, like what you're thinking when you're having sex, you know, yes. you're, you're running, you're running story in your head. That's, um, that's fueling you. That's sexy. That feels sexy to right. you. Obviously if we had nothing else, we're still going to have that, you know, and I even yeah. with, um, you know, so many books being taken down, Amazon closing people down. And I worry about this all the time. It's my biggest concern. And I think to myself, you know, you can censor, you can take away our books. You can, you can do all kinds of things. What you can't take away is our minds. And you're not going to change my creativity. Nobody's on the planet. We all have creative minds and we can think whatever we want to think. And if you don't let us write it in, write it down on paper anymore, you're not going to change. You're not changing. Yeah. You're not changing. <clears throat> Yeah, that's very true. And that is something that's kind of running rampant right now in the, you know, specifically the erotic romance. Mm -hmm. Although I feel like it's starting to stretch all throughout the genre, 
where we've got authors that are out there whose books are being taken down or pre-orders that aren't being fulfilled for last minute errors. And that's a huge impact, not only on the author, but on the reader's expectations right. as well. Um, and it's unfortunate that it's happening, but you're right. I mean, there, we're always going to find a way to write and tell the stories, mm -hmm. right? Um, because it is, there's, there's something, and I love your story about how you kind of came to all this because, you know, very similar in the fact that, um, you know, I had a similar experience as a reader and I've had this conversation with other readers before where I would read books and be like, oh, I didn't realize that was a kink, right? right. Like it's something that was just part of your life or something that you enjoyed or you enjoyed with a partner. And then you start reading it in books and you're like, oh, that's a thing. Yeah. You know, and then you start diving off the deep end into some of these things. And I love that kind of that eye-opening experience that so many of our readers get where you're learning about yourself and you're learning yeah. about things that you enjoy. And I don't know, I think that's probably one of the things that's always been the most appealing to me about romance. Because um, you see it all the time. You hear it from readers all the time. I'm sure you do because you have way yeah. more books and been doing this much longer than I have. But I even have had readers come to me and they've been like, you know, thank you for writing about this. Or, you know, I didn't know this about myself. And I love those stories, you know. Yeah, I find I've been so humbled by the daddy community, um, the little community, really. And, and, yes. and the entire, I mean, because it's not like, it's really different from, um, say, a paranormal group, because we don't actually mm -hmm. know any shifters. Mm -mm. I haven't slept with yeah. any. When someone asks me, always when someone asks me, do you do all the things in your book? Well, I've never slept with two wolf shifters. <laughs> not at the same time, or not that I was aware of. But in the, in the daddy community, it re it's, a real, it's a real thing. And there are mm -hmm. millions of people who also are just learning that they identify as little. Yes. And that is so humbling when someone picks up one of my books and I can see it in their face. And yeah. they're like, oh, I didn't know. Yeah. How amazing is that? It really is. It really is. It's just touching. So Tell us a little bit about your little books, because um, we've had Pepper North on. We have just recorded with Kate Oliver, so they very likely will air before you. And Kate writes some kind of darker daddies, and Those you know Pepper writes some darker. of the a little bit. Yeah. She's, uh, she, she, we had some interesting conversations about the certain things she has to avoid so that they can still be a daddy. Right. <laughs> so when you run into some of that darker romance. Yeah. And Pepper, she writes a lot of like the funner kind of happier mm -hmm. kind of daddy stories. So where do yours kind of fall in a line with that whole realm and world of daddies? Because you said yours are a bit different than what you would typically see. So what would we see if we picked up a Becca Jameson daddy book? Well, the I have two series. The first one, the Surrender series that starts with Raising Lucy. Um, those are really long books that have events occurring in them. And but mm -hmm. and the Blossom Bridge series, the spinoff, is a little fluffier. Like, I'm going to go on vacation yeah. here and just have some good times. Um, closer to 60,000 words. The Surrender ones are closer to 90,000 because that's just what happens to me. Big books. But, you know, but things happen in them. Somebody got kidnapped, yes. you know, things happen in this. Okay. Um, which is leans a little bit more towards 
how Kate writes a, a little bit yeah. moodier, a little bit, and and Pepper has too. She's got um, mm -hmm. you know, her ABC Tower series and a couple right. other things coming out that are a little meatier like that, and and that's why the mm -hmm. three of us are doing a, a group uh, series. No way, heard or excited? <laughs> we're, we're so excited! I'm so excited, guys! <laughs> Can't wait to share all the covers and. And um, yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. But um, but those are going to be a little grittier, a, a, a little yeah. you know, a little leaning a little bit more towards how Kate does a little bit grittier um, MC series. And mm -hmm. um, you know, we got all the ideas, we got all the artwork. We're just waiting on the covers and stuff. But um, I think the three of us, you know, we're we're kind of a. I, I feel like we're a powerhouse over this, and we're pulling three different kinds yeah. of things together. Um, I'm really, really character driven. I really spend a lot, a lot of time inside a heroine's head, um, working through this. It's kind of a largely mm -hmm. about her, and I often mm -hmm. do write in first person present in BDSM, even whether it's what, no matter what it is, if it's Daddy Little or not. It's her journey. And finding right. herself, her journey of discovering that she's got a kink that she wants to fulfill and then accepting it and then mm -hmm. embracing it and then living it and then mm -hmm. making the decision that you're going to stay, that you're going to do this, that you're going to stay with this dom. Um, and that's kind of what all of them are like. Yeah. You know, no matter which subgenre of the fetish community it is it's it's a journey for for her and um and I, i've done some of them only in her point of view like it's, it's an established understood dom of whatever type and it, he's not the one on the journey right right she is that's so interesting that's, that's the head i'm in i can't <laughs> his head um i mean people have asked me oh do this character i believe this um no uh which series has it? Is it? I forgot. <laughs> it's Surrender series. Oh yeah, the Surrender series has a femdom. She's in it. She's a side character. And people have asked me many times, "You're going to give her a story?" Right. You know, I can't make her a switch, and she's not a little. She has to be a femdom, and I can't do it. And finally, I realized, yeah, someone else can do it. So I asked another author to do it, and I'm so excited. Oh, yes, yeah, that is awesome. Yeah, you'll be, you'll be, everyone will be excited when they find out who's going to write that book. <laughs> I love it. But I also love that you know your boundaries, too. I mean, you know your process in the way that you write. And I think, um, you know, listening to our readers is very important. But the fact that you're able to partner with someone else to give them what they needed in order to ensure that this character had her story told the way it should be told, yeah. I think just speaks volumes of you know the respect you have for your craft and for your readers, too. Yeah. Um, because it is tricky. You know, I mean, if yeah. you can't you can't do it all, then it's good to know that you can't and know that there are people who can help with that too. Um, so it, from the way you've been explaining the way you write these things, I, am I to assume that you're a pantser? You don't pluck this stuff out? Total pantser. Total Love, it. Love yeah. it. I think we've defined that before in previous um, episodes, but just for those of you who might be listening to this one for the first time. So that means zero planning. Like we're sitting down with a blank screen and just writing versus, you know, plotting like you would have learned in school as a kid right. with outlines and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and so and do you feel as if the fact that you're writing that style of writing is what helps you really stay within that character mindset and do so well when it comes to like character development and focusing on who they are? 
Probably. I did try one time early, you know, 10 years ago or something when I took some class. And of course, you were with somebody that's like, you've got to plot, you've got to do this. Oh, so I've had the whiteboard, all the sticky notes. And it was like 10 years ago, you know. And so I, I was probably at a crap, it was probably, a, you know, some panel discussion about how right. it was. So I had all these sticky notes in different colors and they're all over this board and I'm ready to go. I got it in my office. It's sitting behind me. I've got all the sticky notes and I sit down. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a half a page in and the characters, they're laughing at me. I can hear them <laughs> laughing. They're like, nah, 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 nah. That's not what, that's not what we're going to do. That's not going to work. And I feel like I just turned it around, flipped it upside down, threw it on the floor and said, forget it, I'm never trying this again. It just isn't, it isn't me. I usually do have, um, well, I always, what, I, what I've pictured is the beginning, the beginning of the story. I've pictured this scene. Mm -hmm. It's always mid-conversation. It's always, um, it's usually opens with dialogue that's something like, what do you mean you're not coming with me? Or, you know, some kind of um, mid-conversation dialogue. And that's the scene I, I'm picturing. And yeah. I know generally that I want this book to be 60K or 90K or 45 or whatever it's going to be. So I, I do have a sense of the feel after 130 bucks, I can guide that pretty well. I know when, when we need to have sex, when do we need, you know, right, right. for when something has to occur, but mostly they're guiding me and I'll be stunned to realize, you know, I'm typing along and I'm like, you're gay. Why didn't anyone tell me this? <laughs> You're just now, you just discover it as you go. You're just now telling me that we're halfway through the book. Might have been nice to know yeah. before we started, but got you know. And then I will go back and weave in some things that if there's if there's a bad guy, I don't know who it is. When I figure that out, I got to go back and see it. Just a little here and there, you know. But yeah, yeah. generally speaking, I'm all the way at the at the at the this. You, I'm nine tenths of the way through the book. And I still don't know who the bad guy is. I gotta figure, I'll find out when they I love it. I love it. <laughs> I think I, you know, I respect the hell out of that because I too tried to plot once. Um, well, it was nowhere near as fancy as you. I basically wrote three bullet points down, one for each book, and then I couldn't write a fucking word. And yeah. I was like, was terrible. And an author friend of mine was like, throw out the piece of paper. I was and I even sent her a picture of it. I was like, this is all I wrote down. I don't understand why it's giving me so much trouble. She's like, go and put it in the garbage can. Yeah. <laughs> because I think once you figure out the way that it works for you, I mean, and it's hard because, you know, again, in this community, <clears throat> it's another one of those hierarchy things. Mm -hmm. What do you mean you don't plot? Right. How could you I actually, it? there was a class I took where someone was like, if your characters are talking to you, then you're not writing correctly. And I'm like, well, I've written like 22 books with their voices in my head and it seems to be doing just fine. But if you um, voices in your head, I feel kind of sorry for you. <laughs> I know. Like, who are you? How lonely. <laughs> oh, I love it. But it does, it helps you really connect with these people, I think, as you're going through it. And I mean, it, one of the things that you've said that's been able to pull you forward through all these different genres with your readers is, you know, the character development, like the being character driven. And I think that is just huge. And your readers, I'm sure, recognize that the second they pick up a book, you know, it's there's the familiarity of that part of the voice and the way that everything uncovers as they go, which is probably what's created your 
ravenous fans. <laughs> Order 65 books. I still can't get over that. That's crazy to me. All right. So let's talk. We're running out of time so quickly. So tell me a little bit about, um, let's see, any pet peeves that you have when it comes to like either writing your books or reading books, anything that you're kind of like, oh, I'm going to avoid that. Is it a word? An act? Oh, You've got something I can tell. What? <laughs> oh, do I have pet peeves? Um, I can't think of any. I mean, I just, I kind of just write. I don't know. I don't, I don't think it I just have comes any. Out. It just like, happens. It just does. All right. Let's I don't talk. Get stuck either. I just go. If they I'm, just go. Yeah, I don't usually get stuck. I might get stuck for just a tiny bit. It just means that whatever I was thinking isn't right for that character. And so just got to figure out, talk it through with someone and then keep going. Keep going. So let's talk. Let's see, because you read some long books. So are we talking like slow burn? Do we have insta love? Do you have kind of a combination of all the things? Like, because you've um, got a lot going on, and these are these are chunks. These books. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not a slow burner. They probably had sex early, or you know, they don't often have sex because I do like a virgin. So that might linger through the whole thing, but there was a lot going on. You were not disappointed, mm -hmm. you know, all, everything but before they yes. have sex, maybe near closer to the end when they have actual penetrative sex. But that's not important. Obviously, she was feeling it on page one. Right, uh, right, right. And I, I, uh, well, I forgot I lost track of the question. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we got into the we got the important answers. They're getting something on early. Slow no burn, slow no burn. What are you talking about, slow so burn? I honed in on that. No, they're usually pretty. She's like, no, no, they're terrible. So, what about the the insta love aspect? I mean, are your characters typically smitten from day one, or do we have some little brats out there? We've got what, what's going on. What do you typically lean towards? It, it depends on my mood because if I really want to do an insta love, then I'll write a paranormal. And that's what I love about paranormal mm. is they're faded and faded it's mate. so much easier to, as opposed to this, we met in an elevator and now we're fucking like bunnies in yes. the pool room. That's so difficult. So I mm -hmm. do tend, because I don't want to slow burn, I do usually tend to, uh, they did meet, they, they met at somebody else's wedding two years ago. They've met three times or, um, or they've, no, you know, I, I'm, I start at a different point. I start where yeah. they've been working in that same building for three years, but they haven't spoken to each other or that kind of yes. thing. So there's a little bit of something, something cohesive. Or maybe, yeah. maybe she didn't know it, but he's been watching her and he knew it and he groomed her or whatever the thing is. Um, but I, I really like to start a little meatier than that, if it's at mm -hmm. all possible. And sometimes it's difficult, but... Um, you got to have something. Otherwise, I feel like I'm just leaning. Like, I can't. These people can't yeah. exist. They just met. This is not going to work. Yeah. But Yeah, no, I get that. I mean, as a reader, I'm a huge junkie for, like, second chances, friends to yeah. lovers, enemies to lovers. Yeah. Because I want the sex on, like, page three. So, like, right. I mean, right. I need to kind of pretend that it's feasible. 
And I don't, I was going on a Friends to Lovers book just yesterday. Although one night stands. I'm good with one night stands too. Like oh, that those, those, also. And then like, you know, some kind of gap in time that they can't stop thinking about each other. Right, know. right. I've done that too. a lot of those lately. They <laughs> and they met and they had sex and now it's two years later. Or, you know, yeah. if there's a setup. There's a something. We've been both living in this building for the last five years. I keep seeing you in the elevator, but we've never spoken. Something that's yeah. caused them to already know that they really like yes. this person, even if they haven't met each other specifically, I suppose. Yeah. I'm, uh, my, my next foray is dark. It's in, it's going to release later this year, later in, um, in mid 2023, roses and thorns. That's great. Cause I was literally going to ask you, we're running out of time. What's coming next? So yeah. tell us something dark. Thorns. And I haven't released, roses I haven't, I have all the covers. I haven't put them up for reorder yet. I've already written one, but it's a little bit dark. Um, I had, I wanted to do something dark. I found that I was absolutely incapable of doing a dark hero. I've never been able to pull it off. So, um, the backstory is what's horrifying. And, um, all these women have been kidnapped and they've been groomed for sex slavery. And it's the, it's six books and the six men who buy them. Wow. But the, but the hero who bought her is not the bad guy. I mean, he didn't do it. He didn't. He didn't test. Yeah. He's not. So her backstory of what she's been through to get here is, is what's, awesome. you know, and what tied all this together and why were these women taken and, you know, all of that will be kind of running through theme. will be running through all six books and a little mafia ish. And obviously they, oh, I'm excited. Made, made right my alley. <laughs> there's a, yeah, there's a little a mafia business going on in the background of family rivalry and, why they took these girls and what they did to them and why they groomed them and they, and then who bought them and how is that, how that all works out. So that's my first story to something a little darker. I'm excited about it. I'm excited. I'm excited for you. I, I well, I mean, I'm a dark romance junkie, so obviously. I've, I've only recently started reading both the things and I love it. I know. I there's I just there's there's that redemption arc from the hero that I've always been kind of drawn to, but I've noticed the more and more I've read them, it's that healing journey, I think, that the heroine often goes through because there's typically some major trauma that's either happened before or at me or at the time they've met or throughout, right? That um that they just kind of it's I don't know, taking back their lives and just Badass heroine. Pam Godwin. Yes. Oh my gosh. I mean, she redeems those guys, and you're like, how is she gonna pull this off? I know. But it's fantastic. Damn good books. I oh, know. There's some great books out there. Yeah. Oh, we are out of time already, Becca. It was so fun. It was so it was fun. fun. <laughs> it only feels like it was a couple minutes. <laughs> I told you it would fly by. All right. So tell us where I will put all of the contacts for everyone, where you can find Becca. But what is like your kind of go-to platform? If somebody's looking to keep up with what's going on with you, is it a newsletter, your website? What's your what's your number one? Where do you tell your readers to keep up with you? Um, I do have a, a, a website. It's actually um, being replaced soon. So by the end of the year, I think a new one will be up and running. But obviously, Ooh. that'll just be a transition of BeccaJameson.com. Um, mm -hmm. I am only present usually on Facebook. I can't manage all these other social medias, but I do. Hey, I hear that. I, That's why I ask. <laughs> I respond to 
anyone, if anyone reaches out to me, unless I miss it because it got buried in somewhere weird, um, if the people reach out through me, I have a newsletter too. If they respond to my newsletter or respond through my website or reach out to me, private message or any way on Facebook, I absolutely will chat because I love to chat with people. So obviously I have no trouble chatting. <laughs> No, this was great. Super easy. I love it. <laughs> awesome. Well, we will make sure that we have, we have got Becca's website and all the good stuff in our show notes for today. For all of our listeners, thank you so much for being here yet again. We are going to finish up here and then start recording our 15 minutes of extra spicy fun stuff. <laughs> so if you follow us along on Patreon, you will get those 15 minutes of bonus content where we talk about <clears throat> what we didn't talk about here. <laughs> Becca, this is great. Thank you again. Thank I had you. so much fun and we'll see you guys in the next one. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Smut Lovers, the podcast. For more content, be sure to join our Patreon for an extra kinky 15 minutes with today's guest. Also, don't forget to subscribe and visit us at smutlovers.org. Until next time, happy reading. <laughs>